Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another very fun episode. My guest today is better known for his work outside of cats. You might know him as the baby guy NYC since he spent four and a half years as a product demonstrator and personal shopper at Bye Bye Baby in Manhattan. He quickly became one of the most well-respected experts in the baby gear and child safety space for more than a decade. But what you probably didn't know is that he also was in five different regional productions of cats and designed the makeup for two others. So Jamie Grayson, thank you for joining me. Howdy. Thanks for having me. I love, always love meeting regional productions because one of my most fascinating parts of this this podcast is hearing what you were told about the show going in. So we'll get there. But before we get there, I always love hearing what was your experience with Cats before you were first in it? Um, before I ever did it, when I was in junior high, I saw the tour uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I grew up. And I just remember losing my mind when the cats were in the audience when they're doing like green eyes. And there was a kid behind me yelling about monkeys during the show. Like it was, it was very different obviously than any other show I'd ever seen at that point. And because I was never really trained as a dancer, I never thought I would do it. Uh, and then that quickly flipped around out of college. Um, but I, I was like, I'm doing cats. Uh, I, I love it. So yeah. how old were you when you first saw it in Little Rock? I, I was in eighth grade. Eighth so, grade. Okay. Yeah. That was the year I saw Cats and Les Mis. So it was a big formative, you know, year for me. That's So that's the, I, I've been, I always love hearing when people go see it the first time, because I do think that's an interesting part of this. And you're seeing it in kind of the early teenage time, right? That's mm-hmm. what eighth grade would be. It would be 14, 15 years yeah. old. How much of that, of the like sexual nature of the show, did you recognize it at that age or was it still kind of over your head? Oh, I absolutely, I, I, this is shameful. So Christopher Gatelli at the time was Mistopheles when I saw the tour and Christopher Gatelli, you know, he's choreographed a ton of stuff. He choreographed Newsies and my little closeted Arkansas heart, like had a massive crush on Chris Gatelli. 
And so one time when I was still living in New York, Chris was at the table next to us. And a friend of mine who knew this story of me as a kid was like, hold please. And like walked over to Chris Cotelli. He's like, my friend Jamie had a crush on you when he was a kid. And I was like, ha ha ha, like whatever. Um, but I, you definitely, I, there was something about writhing bodies in unitards, like, especially with like Tugger, because, yeah. you know, part of his costume is a little bit more pronounced than the other male cats. Um, cause they usually put a little piece inside to make the crotch protrude. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a oddly sexy kid friendly show well that's and that's where i've just struggled with that because i don't find it kid friendly and i know a lot of kids go see it and the first time i saw it i was a adult and i was watching victoria's dance going they're basically doing it on stage and there's like five-year-olds you know in the the row behind me and so I, i found it really interesting of the cutoff of when do you go and still recognize that and be able to like at that teenage, it's like, Oh, you definitely know what's going on, but you're still kind of on the more, uh, what's the, what's the right term. It's like still a little bit more innocent at that yeah. point where it's not realizing, Oh, the ball's an orgy or yeah. all the kind and of other I mean, you're chaos also, of it. You're also at that age, you're so unsure of really what sex is period that it just makes you feel something. Yeah. Like, if, if that, <laughs> like, it, it it makes you it makes you feel something, um, and you're not quite sure what that is. But there's really hot guys in tight outfits dancing, and you're like, "I'm here for it. Go!" Yeah, it is a confusing show for a lot of people. Yeah. I think, and I, I mean, it's a it's such a unique piece in that. And I do, I just was floored when I saw that many kids in the show, and I was like, "Oh, it's cats. It's like Lion King. You know, maybe it'll just be fun." And, and then I started watching it, and I was like, "This is." Oh, like take your kids out of here, please. Yeah. And then, and then green eyes, which you mentioned at the beginning, scared the living daylights out of me. Oh yeah. I can't imagine as a child, you know, having it haunting well, your dreams. I, I will say when there were times like doing matinees specifically, when you're just like dead tired and you know, you're going to have two of those shows in one day. And the only thing that got me in the mood for the show was doing green eyes and you would see little kids with like whiskers painted on their faces and like little cat ears. And you were like, yep, go for it. And it was this weird, like that was all of us watching cats when we were kids. Like it's what got us into theater in general, a lot of the time, you know? Um, So it was that, that never with little kids like that, it never caught me as like a weird, sexy thing. When you're in your teens, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah. So let's fast forward to yeah. your first production. And I know you did five productions and you also designed makeup for two. What's the yeah. order? Like what came first and when when did this the first production happen? Uh, my first production was in 2004 um, at a dinner theater in Ohio. Um, and we all think it's kind of based on what last when last five years takes place actually i don't know if you know that musical i do not um but it's a theater in ohio um there was definitely a buffet on stage and they would wheel it off you know before the show but sometimes there'd be like a little piece of corn on the floor but um this theater they actually spent a pretty large amount of money on it 
Um, they we had a huge pit, and they bought the set from Westchester Broadway. So we had like you know the flying tire and the the car trunk that opens, and even on the tour, the trunk doesn't open. Um, but we had like a really really solid show. But that was the first one I did, and I want to say that was about a four month run. Okay. So yeah. you were, you're gonna have to, I'm a Midwesterner. So you got to yeah. tell me where in Ohio were you? Uh, it was just outside of Cincinnati in a little town called Springboro. Okay. So it was, a, it was at, we affectionately call it La Chlamydia, but it's La Comedia dinner theater. Um, and yeah, we all like lived in the cast housing behind the theater, except <laughs> with, except a couple people in the company. Um, and I mean, it was that, 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 that particular production has a lot of stories. That description is beef and boards for my Indiana people. Very, it's, very much so. Yeah. Like the exact same as what you described. They roll the food out. Everyone just yeah. goes to town on a buffet before. Um, I went back right when they allowed people back in to see the sound of music recently when I was back home. And, and it was the same thing. It was like the first buffet they had and everyone just went went crazy did um, they name the food i didn't actually like after I, the character i personally did not go eat because i wasn't okay. ready for that experience yeah. uh at that point in the COVID journey. Um, I, um i was a little not ready for it before the COVID experience and so you add in the COVID <laughs> experience and uh and it's you know they the, named the food in ohio oh i love that so did wait we, what do they name for cats we were joking we wanted like <laughs> we wanted like rum tum tuna casserole and you know, stuff like that. But it was stuff like Jenny Annie Dot's buttered corn. Like it was so oh, lame. They didn't even, the name, they just so said lame. the name and then put no. it in front of but something. One day I'd still, I don't even eat tuna casserole, but one day I will make rum tum tuna. I like that. I'm trying, now I'm trying, like, now you're going to make me, I'm going to be thinking for the rest of today about different, about different food names. And I'm going to email you when we finish. Great. I'm going to come back like a day or two and be like, all right, here's all the cat's food. That you got the cat's feed. buffet cookbook. I'm going to make the cat's, the cat's, yeah, the cat's named food. Now, okay, so four month run is a, is a long time, but my mm -hmm. favorite question for this is, and were you, I know you played Skimble Shanks a lot. Yeah. Were you Skimble Shanks in this particular production? I, I was Skimble Shanks and Dance Captain okay. of this production, yeah. What, like, how do they tell you in a regional production, how much of the backstory are you given about Skimble Shanks? So my director um, and choreographer, Stephanie Lang Bittner, uh, she was Cassandra in the Broadway production. So she came to it knowing everything. So like yeah. we did the original Broadway choreography. That's all I've ever done with the show. Uh, so you do know kind of like the, the lineage of everything, even though it does kind of get filtered here and there. Um, but you learn a, a lot about the like relationships between the cats and then you just kind of like go with it and make up your own stuff and play. Okay. So you yeah. were you given three words? Because that's like the big lore of the characters. I don't remember if I was ever given three words. We just kind of went through everything and then you have like a few days of cat class yeah. where you like learn how to listen with your back and cats don't have thumbs and passive paw versus active paw versus hiss and like <laughs> um you know they're in you just roll around on the floor with each other and <laughs> i i love 2000 the 2016 cast is called that felinity school uh-huh yeah and that was i think like again they spent weeks doing that and to have weeks of learning how to be a cat is a fascinating part of the show yeah 
Yeah, we did. We did not have that luxury because typically, you know, in a regional production, you have if if you have the luxury of that, you have maybe three weeks to put it up. Yeah. Um, but there were several productions I did where we would get to show up in like six days and then tech it for like three and then run it for two weeks and then wow. we were done. Yeah. Okay. So let's walk through the other four. Where yeah. else did you go? Um, um, were they more, more dinner theaters, more like how long were they? I had to actually this morning I went through and I had to go back and like Google things because those, those like five or six years of my life are very blurry because I was working at different theaters and then cats would kind of pop up here and there. So in 2004, it was in Ohio. Then in 2005, I did it at Virginia Musical Theater in Virginia Beach. And that was a pretty quick run. Uh, but that was, it was a really fun one. And we can talk about that. There were some really fun people in it. Um, then in 2006, I did another around four month run at Circa 21 Dinner Theater in the Quad Cities. Um, okay. And then in 2006 and 2009, I did it at West Virginia Public Theater. Wow. So you've done it mostly east, but uh, uh, around the country. Yeah. From like it, Midwest. Midwest yeah. East. The Quad Cities yeah. East. Um, yeah. We ate a lot of Bennigan's. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I I assume that the most of my listeners are from either the Midwest or New York, uh, mm-hmm. just because I'm you know from the Midwest, and so I think there's going to be you're going to find some people that are going to recognize and be at home with some of that. Um, tell me about like tell me about which the, like some of the unique parts about doing it in those like regional productions. Like how how does that how does that go? How does that differ? Like it's just such a unique piece because you got two weeks, you got four months, you've got a lot of in and out. I know there's some characters that just like, if there's an injury, there's not as many swings and backups and people to kind of come in. Yeah. We never had swings. Um, so we did it without swings and without pit singers. So because I dance captained it, I was kind of like, you know, um, I remember, you know, one time, uh, Thad who I've done the show with many, many times, he was tugger in a production and right after Skimbleshanks one time, you know, he, the stage manager ran up to me backstage after you like chase off people when they steal Deuteronomy. And uh, he was like, Jamie, 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 can you do Mr. Mistopheles? Can you do the song? And I was like, sure, whatever. He was like, Thad's overheated because you, it, you get very hot and worn out yeah. in the show. Oh, yeah. So typically, you know, Skimble's back out on stage and whatever, and he does the light pan across and like McCavity's not there. And then it goes back to the car and that's where Tugger is. And then you do the whole Mistopheles number. No one on stage knew what was happening. So one of the guys in the show got the light because he realized I wasn't there. And when the light panned up to the car, you have me still fully dressed as Skimble and like the stupid vest and everything. And I just remember seeing everybody on stage in their cat makeup, like, ah, like what is happening? Um, so like, yeah, we never had swings. So I had to fill in for a few things every now and then. Um, but I think one of the weirdest things doing it regionally, um, people as an audience member, they don't understand how hard it is. And there were times after the ball, like you're dancing for like 13 minutes in the ball. Oh yeah. And you have people who are just like, (laughs) and it's like, you know, we would all like, there are times you have to like run off and puke 
or like puke in your mouth and swallow it and just keep going. <laughs> it's I, awful. Yeah. I, so that is such a fascinating part. Cause I, that was one thing I recognized as much as I made fun of it. The first time I saw it, I was close enough to the stage to see the physical nature of what mm-hmm. went into that. And I'm sitting here looking at it going, this is insane. Like it's yeah. insane what these people are doing. And then I learned after that uh, on Broadway, it was a rake stage, which I didn't know what that meant mm. until until I, this podcast. But that to me is even more insane. Like I'm surprised there's a lot of injuries, but I'm surprised there's not more Yeah, uh, with how that is. And then you're in a costume and then some of the costumes are super heavy and you're in full makeup and there's a, only a couple breaks. You're pretty much dancing most of the show for most of the characters. So it yeah. is, it's crazy. I want to go back to you uh, became Tugger in Scamble Shanks, did you sing like that portion of the show and dance that well, part? What happened was, um, you know, Armisto had no problem. So Mistopheles did the whole thing, but like I, I knew every step in the show. So like I did all of the staging with Mistopheles, no problem. But I am definitely not a tenor. And I remember this was, this was a matinee and our Grizabella's parents were there. I remember this. And, and I mean, this was, God, this was back in 2006. This was a long time ago. So Thad has a very, very good voice. Like he's got a good, like healthy rock tenor. So at the end, he would take part of it up an octave. And at the time I was like, I'm going to try this. Shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, and what came out of, <laughs> what came out of my mouth was not right. Um, people on stage definitely were laughing. <laughs> Um, and who cares, you know, um, it was a real treat. The audience got something really special that day. Well, um, I do think it's, there's so much going on that like, besides, unless you had some super fans there, most of the audience is not going to know that Tugger is supposed to come out and sing that portion and come dance that portion. Like most, most people, especially in a regional dinner theater, I would assume probably haven't seen it before. Or well, if they I mean, have, we, like... We had a lot of Cats fans. And the weird thing about this is, like, Skimble's physicality is very different than Tugger's. Like, completely. You know, he's... It, it's there in his name. Skimble... The name Skimble Shanks... Skimble is from Skimble Scamble, which means crazy and disjointed. So it means you have, like, crazy legs. So you're, you hold your arms differently. You move very differently. And I had to behave as Skimble doing Tugger choreography which was a very special moment for the people. Um, so yeah, it was, it was wrong in every sense of the word. It was wrong. I, I love that. That's what I love about the lore of the show is it's been running for 40 years. So there's just so many examples of this. Of yeah. Do you know that? Do you know on. the I'm pooping story? No. Oh, so this was on Broadway. This was in the original product. Uh, I don't know if it was the original cast, but the original Broadway production and, you know, Victoria's, uh, unitard is uh, white, but it has a little bit of gray and a little bit of pink in it, but it's very, very subtle. But during the ball, when they're lifting her, you know, in the press, she had this, a stomach bug. And I don't remember which Victoria it was, but apparently coming down, she's like, I'm pooping. And they were like, what? And she's like, I'm pooping. And she had completely use the bathroom inside of her unitard wow. and have to like run off stage and cover everything with her tail. I have not heard that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is like I do. So 
it's surprising that more of that doesn't like maybe it does happen and you just don't you don't see those or you don't experience or notice it because somebody else comes in but i think about the like so i grew up playing hockey and i grew up playing five to six days a week growing up there were so many days where i was not physically in good enough shape ready to do that like i was like ate the wrong thing for food or just not feeling well or have a have a the flu or and you just kind of power through it or you just don't play you're doing eight shows a week in most Mm -hmm. cases doing this and it's extremely physical extremely hard like i'm surprised more of those things don't happen with 30 plus people in the cast that like somebody doesn't have a semi-virus and now i guess with covid they're a little bit more tight but like before covid someone didn't have a cold and just wasn't at their peak and had more trouble needing water and struggling or having a stomach bug or maybe it happens a lot more and it's just really well masked but i'm surprised that that's not more common it's rough and i mean you know typically at every production i was in again we never had swings so we had a cast of like 18 or 19 people and if somebody was out, you were like, whoops, like in, um, in the quad cities, I missed my first show because I hurt myself at the end of the ball and I had to miss a week of performances. So our Bunga Jerry filled in, but it is a tricky, tricky thing when you're navigating illnesses and everything and you don't have real understudies. Yeah. It's like, which, which, uh, I was talking to a couple people who did it on Royal Caribbean where they also don't have any understudies it's like nope one of the twins is going to be gone today so uh it's like who's going to just be cut out of the show to come in to do one of the more parts that's you know more recognized or a song um what other kind of crazy moments did you have on stage there was any other times where you had to jump in or other Um, chaos i mean we had i remember one time there was a sound issue that was really really great um during the end when they're doing um addressing of cats and like do is on the tire um you know you have like monka strap and then tugger are right here and tugger um it was again he got um overheated and uh <laughs> the uh sound guy didn't notice so tugger wasn't there so we were like oh maybe he just had to like cuz it happens sometimes yeah, you yeah. have to go vomit and he was puking over the mic <laughs> and they so kept this mic dude on. is singing the song and it's like you've heard of several kinds of bleh! like over the things <laughs> oh and we're God. like what um but luckily luckily everything was pretty chill i mean you know the first production several of us caught scabies from the set because the set was in storage up in westchester um and was not properly cleaned so like Several of us got the scabies. Um, you know, there the things happen in cats. Oh, uh, that's just casual. Just mm-hmm. yeah, we got scabies. From casual scabies, and like you go to the doctor, and like because it's Ohio, and like it's all these gay guys. They're like, they're like the doctor's like, open your fingers, and they're like, oh yeah, you've, you've got scabies. I'm writing a prescription large enough for you and um your your friend here. Yeah. And I was like, okay, great. And at the time, I didn't think like. He thought we were sleeping together, yeah. which was not happening. Um, we just all caught it from the bed rail or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, there was the scabies. Um, goodness, what else? Do you have what any else? like crazy fan interactions? Like I know there's there are like great fans for the show, 
Um, and it, but it sometimes gets a little unique with people who aren't sure what they're seeing. Like just certain things come in and they go see it because they have a season ticket or they just go because it's something to go do. And yeah. I've, I've definitely run into a few where I'm like, I don't think that that's what they expected. And, and not with cats, but with other shows where I've, I've seen people walk out and, or just be floored. Like book of Mormon on tour has definitely caught some people in the oh, Midwest sure. by surprise. Yeah. Um, do you run into any of that, like stage door, interesting type of things with, with, uh, with fans? Um, nothing, nothing odd. We had a lot of people that would show up in costume, you know, like full face paint and the wigs and all of it. Um, I remember one time in Ohio, I was with the, the Misto and I, at the time we were dating and, um, we went to Kings Island <laughs> and, uh, the guy running, uh, son of the beast was like wait a minute y'all are in cats right and we were like yeah and he let us ride it over and over and over without getting off so it's like perks of being a local celebrity at a dinner theater um that sounds about right that the uh, <laughs> king's island employee yeah. recognizes <laughs> the regional production of theater yeah that that fits i yeah, did grow up was, going to king's island many many times yeah, it's a good ride too and it's really fun, and like apparently, Son it's of the gone. Beast is shut down now. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, one they had they had an issue. They got stuck. Oh. And so they when it got stuck, it stopped. But the Beast uh, is still running. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, and again, like I never really considered myself a dancer. I retained choreography very, very well, which is why I dance captained it so many times. Um, but one of the reasons I went to do it in Ohio was I was like, oh, I can go to Cedar Point. Nope, you're not very you close. Know? Nope, we did though. We <laughs> oh, you did make a point. It. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, because you're yeah, about was, four or five hours away still. Oh, it was a hike. Yeah, but yeah. worth it. Yeah, it's a that's a good time. That's that's the Cleveland. I'm, I'm wondering how many people were listening to this or like have no idea what we're talking about. But. Yeah, they're like uh, YouTube like theme park entertainment videos. Yeah. I hope you're having a jellical ball. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, I, so now I'm curious too a little bit about like you obviously you've kind of finished your run of doing this in cats and you move on to very different things. Yeah. Do you ever bring any of your cats kind of like experience into your current work? Um, not recently. I mean, I still have like nightmares about the show. <laughs> I, a lot of us do. Like it's like PTSD. I believe like, it. Uh, yeah. I will have nightmares about oh we're gonna mount this production in an afternoon and like go we don't have any rehearsal it's like i have not danced in years okay sure um but i mean i remember one time like when i lost my job and i when i first got into the baby space and i was like i need to figure out like a way to make money i was hired to do face painting at a pediatrician opening in this in new york and so i was like oh yeah i can paint faces sure yeah. so i go with like a kid of makeup and these kids are like can you paint me to look like batman and i was like I can do a balloon. I can do a really bad tulip. I can do um, a car that's really ugly, or I can give you a really good muzzle. I'm very good at cat muzzles. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all the kids basically just had cat muzzles. Um, 
but that's yeah i i it's with 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 my job i don't really bring in any cats but it is it cats has not left my life um and like even when the movie came out you know i flew back to new york for opening weekend to go see it with people i've done the show with and other people who have done the show and i mean sarah jenkins went with us you know who you interviewed Mm -hmm. you know it it was the most fun i've ever had at a theater in my life because we were all at the same party like everybody was there (laughs) to understand it was you know a mess um and then here in denver uh you know alamo started doing like the rowdy cats screenings and i never got to go to one because then COVID hit but i hosted a party at the alamo here for the oscars and i ordered a cockroach costume and got my tap shoes and i hosted the entire thing as a tap dancing cockroach from the movie did you do i mean and you know some of the numbers did you do any of the tap numbers did you do any of like it, it was carpeted so it was very unfortunate but um the movie choreo is so different than the show. Um, I just was kind of there being stupid, but yeah, the th- the thought mattered. I, I do appreciate it. the movie. The movie's a, a different podcast. Um, it's yeah. what sparked this podcast, but it's it's a, a different one. I'm glad that I kind of always thought it was going to have a second life as a rocker, Rocky um, horror picture show type of like mm-hmm. radio. So I love hearing that that it started because that's yeah. where it deserves to be. And like I can't. I mean, I saw Cats three or four times at the movie theater. And one time here in Colorado, I went and I mean, I was howling with laughter. And there's a group of like high school theater kids in front of me and they were all screaming. And at the end, there were three older women and they were like, are you all theater people? And we were like, "Mm -hmm." and they were like, we loved it. Did you like it? And I just kept walking. I couldn't even have the conversation with them because there's something about if you have done the show and again, Cats is, it is cats, but you work so hard to do that show. It is so taxing on your body. And when you do multiple productions, and a lot of the productions I did had, you know, four or five of us that went with each one, you know? Mm -hmm. So I did hundreds of shows with the same people in very different environments, but like you get very, very close and you take the show itself very seriously, like as a, is like the the core of what it is. So when you see that movie, and like it's not to downplay the talent in the movie or like most some most of the talent. There was yeah, some yeah. questionable casting, but um, <laughs> it's you know it's it was not not up to snuff with a lot of us. It, it bugged me because even the talent, I still think there's was some great dancing that I never mm-hmm. got to see. It just moved me around so much I couldn't follow it. Yeah, but I went to a press showing. And filled theater with people that are either press or tied to the show. And people were just cackling. Mm-hmm. And it's not a funny movie. No. And I realized very early on, I was like, okay, if this is like, should be a professional crowd, like there should be a crowd that's here for a reason. And this crowd can't keep it straight. Mm-hmm. This isn't a good sign for when it actually opens. Because I think I saw it on Tuesday and it was opening on that Friday. It's like, this is going to be real bad. And then I talked to a few people who went, who are my friends, who are theater people. And they're like, yeah, I had the theater to myself. And so that's, it was a tough, tough run, tough run for the show. The first time I saw it, the first time I saw it, the theater was empty. I went with my best friend and another guy and like, there were maybe eight people in the theater and we were like, just gobsmacked by the whole thing. And I was like, no, this is actually terrible. And then the next night is when I went with Sarah and a few other people and 
we knew what we were getting ourselves in for. But then at the end of the uh, Gumby number, uh, Rebels number, mm-hmm. we hear a guy behind us go, are we supposed to clap at this? Yeah. And we were like, we're here with family. And yeah, from, yeah. I mean, people were standing up in the aisles and dancing. And it was it was really something that you have to you have to all be on the same page going to the movie totally and that's why it needs to have that like rowdy version. like you need to know going in that that's it how would you describe if you were going like not not the movie but if you had someone that's on tour right now and Uh someone that you know someone who's done it all over the country multiple times how would you tell someone who's never seen it what they're about to walk into um Turn your brain off. The score is exactly perfect for what it is. Like with the T.S. Eliot words, like the music matches up perfectly. Like you couldn't write the score to those poems better than he did. Um, does a lot of it sound like other stuff Angel Weber's done? Yeah, yeah, the overtures, song and dance, you know. Um, but if you can go and appreciate the dancing component of it at least and like, the vocal stuff, don't worry about anything else. Like it is not like you're going to see next to normal or something like it is cats. It's you're watching it's, it's cats dancing in piles of trash. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Are you encouraging altering their state of mind in any way? Um, it helps. I, I love a good uh, whiskey ginger at the theater. Um, I know, you know, when I, I went and saw the revival, um, I had a, my friend Mamie was in it, um, for a while, you know, she was Grizz for a bit. You interviewed her. She was great. Um, Mamie did it with me back in 2006 at West Virginia. Uh, she still did it in one breath back then. Um, and Mamie is just one of the best people on earth. So I went to go see her. And then when Sarah joined the company, I went to go see it again. Uh, and when Sarah joined the company, fun fact, uh, I got her address from her husband and cause I don't remember my friend's addresses, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I sent her a 30 pound bag of kitty litter as a <laughs> congratulations gift. Like, I was like, here's your, here's your tidy cat. Um, uh, but, I uh, love that. She probably loved that too. Oh, oh yeah. Sarah's, Sarah's a special human. That one. And I mean, even between like, she and I would just tell stories all the time about things like, you know, there's, do you know the tradition? Like when somebody leaves the show, they put them through the oven. I do not. Oh, so typically when somebody leaves a production of cats, they open the oven and they put them in the oven at the end of curtain call and shut it. Like they're cooking the cat dead. And so it's just, there are just certain things. So one of the things that we heard through the grapevine that was also done and it may or may not be typical but we used to pretend the tire was um, a litter box. And so everybody had to poop in the tire at some point. So I would always do it after I bowed and I would like run up and scratch and squat and like look, like get up and cover it and like run up on the car. Um, But there's just stupid things like that. Like we, the revival didn't have the pirate sequence in it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I always did it with that original sequence. And so with the pirates, we would always pretend like one time we were like America's next top model cats. (laughs) And we were like strutting the whole thing. Like I had a hook for a hand. One time I had a ribbon dancer stick. Like 
we would pull stuff out just to be completely stupid. Um, Cause you can, like, I think a lot of people don't understand like cats. If you are in cats, it is a really interesting acting and improv exercise because if you ever do the same show of cats, you sucked and you should be fired. Cats should be different every time you do it, not only to keep it fresh, but it's like you, you play and like, keep it, the energy up. Um, and it's a blast. I mean, it, it kind of has to be because there is yeah. no, there's no, there's no story. There's no plot. I mean, there, it's loose. And so you mm-hmm. kind of, it is most about being and ent- like being invited into this experience with a family. And that's why you're supposed to see a different kind of almost version of that every day. Cause it should be a version of that day's yeah. cat. You, you know, their personality and how they're supposed to generally be, but you, you should embrace how they are that day, which is why I would like to advise on a tour or a production, because I would like to say, these are the relationships and rumors that you need to be playing. So today you need to go do X. Um, That's my, my future goal. Yeah. We, we played a lot, you know, we still kept the construct of the show and like kept everything to the audience normal. Um, But you know, when you're doing a show for months at a time and, you know, there's no like real dialogue back and yeah. forth. You you have to act in different ways. Yeah, I love it. I didn't yeah. know about some of those traditions. I, I mean, it's interesting to cook a cat dead in a show that kills a cat every night, too. Yeah, they shoot that cat right through the roof. Bless her heart. Yeah. Did you did you ever hear they did a production at Westchester? Uh one of the a guy that I went to college with who worked in the costume shop, worked in costumes at Westchester. And in this production, they did not have the tire. They put Grizz on a flying rig and like flew her up. Like they did in the revival, basically, yeah. but not as good. And so she apparently was terrified to be flown. So my friend Jody from college, I mean, I haven't seen Jody since I graduated, but Jody was, they, all the cats are around. Jody somehow snuck onto stage in, in like a second Grizabella outfit and they flew him up, but his back was facing the audience so that they wouldn't know it wasn't the real Grizabella. And so we jokingly called it the Grisension. So when I first saw the revival, I did not know Grizabella flew off the tire because typically it's like a trap that comes down or like the thing in the yeah. tour, you know, the, the light pod. And when Mamie flew off that tire, I felt my soul leave my body. Like, <laughs> I was like, what is this? But I'm here for it, you know? So, so wait, somebody was, so they were so afraid of being flown up that they had somebody else sneak on from the costume shop yeah, to go and every night be flown up. Mm-hmm. And what they just like, ducked out quickly just behind like scurried scurried away wow yeah. <laughs> i kind of i love that it's like here here's somebody that kudos to that person too it's like your singing is probably that good that we want you still even though you won't do one of the most important parts of your 15 minutes on stage mm-hmm. that's uh i, I love it full the grisinchin like back to the audience the arms grisinchin. out <laughs> get to the, the flies all the way to their next joke of life. Well, let's pivot to that. Let's mm-hmm. go into some rapid fire and then yeah. we'll talk about the Grisension and if that should be happening every night. Um, so if you were not Skimble and you could play any cat 
one time, do a track, who would you want to do for one night? Gus. Gus. Yeah. With the pirates. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the pirates are really necessary. Okay. But Gus is as an actor, like that's the character like we all eventually turn into is like yeah. an old actor that tells stories. And I I was one of the weird people that always liked the Gus number. Um and not that I have the desire to go do cats at this current moment in my life, but if I ever had to do it again, I would love to do Gus. That's love, your, love, love. yeah, that's yeah. your, you're, you're I'm ready too for that. old to do Skimble <laughs> anymore. I can't, I can't, I'm 43 years old. Are you ready I'm to do good. Bustifer with it though? Cause that's the other oh, part, Oh, I would right? do Bustifer. Yeah. 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 Bustifer okay. would be a hoot, but like Gus is, okay. that's the greatest. What about your favorite song in the show? My favorite song is absolutely Skimble. Skimble. Okay. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And same in the movie. I think Skimble's the best number in the movie, too. Um, but yeah, Skimble is Skimble's fun. Okay. Who are your least favorite and favorite cats? Um, my least favorite cat. Um, I mean, honestly, Monka Strap is just really boring, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's like okay like good monkey strap is great but no you're it, there's i have no need um and i think like my favorite i mean it's jenny annie dots and skimble they're like the lesbian aunt and the gay uncle of the company <laughs> okay. like love it love yeah it. um as someone who is a, a baby expert which cat do you think would be the best with a newborn and which cat do you think would be the worst with a newborn? I mean, this is, this is, um, McCavity would not be great with an infant. I feel, <laughs> um, McCavity would have some problems, but I also like, wouldn't trust bomb either. Bomb would not be the greatest. Um, I think in terms of being a good mother, it's, it's Jenny. Of Jenny course, yeah. Dogs. I think yeah. that's the that's that was the one. The one I was trying to think about is like, was there any in the teenage years, like a Victoria or Cassandra, that like that might be able to be like the fun older sister to a to? A oh, baby I definitely yet. think like Cassandra would be the fun older sister. Yeah, she she and like I think Demeter's a little too chaotic. You know, she's a little she's a little frazzled she's, in the she's brain. Been through, yeah, she's been through a lot. I mean, there's the cat rape. Yeah. You know, we oh, don't yeah. need it. Um, but she, I wouldn't trust her with a kid either. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Cassandra, Cassandra to me would almost be like um, Elizabeth Shue in the original Adventures in Babysitting. She'd be like oh. the fun one taking the kids yeah, out. Yeah. And then Demeter would be like um, Penelope Ann Miller. Brenda. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, with, I'm following you here. I, I, I do agree. I did think a lot about this because anytime I put these questions up, I do spend way more time than I, I would like to admit thinking I mean, about. I, I never thought I would have this discussion. In my yeah, life. no. I, most people, I, me neither. I never thought I'd have any of these discussions in my life. Um, okay, so now the million dollar question. I have argued at length that I don't think Grizabella is the right jellical choice. So I want to know if you're defending Grizz or if you would like to send somebody else to the heavyside layer. I would like to defend Grizz, but it's not her time yet. So I agree she, with that. I agree with it's, that. It let Gus go, the poor old thing. Like, let get him out of here. Let him rest. Let him like come back as another cat. Let him be a little kitten. Um, Grizz, like 
if they have if at the end of this show if we want to break it down to like if this plot really matters <laughs> she's supposed to be accepted and redeemed at the end of this show so why do they just kill her that is my like current like question as as I, you know as i've gone through this and talked to more people it, you can buy me on the redemption story mm-hmm. but i'm with you of there is like why do you redeem and then immediately like give her a year yeah she doesn't need to be euthanized there's yeah. nothing wrong with her yeah let her be back like, with her family Gus enjoy the time i i'm i'm with you i don't think i have a lot of arguments here i think this is this is where my current serious stance on who should be picked is is that Right there, bring her back, bring yeah. her back to the family, and let's pet send Gus. Or I still really curious is when does old Deuteronomy's time? Yeah, do you know who's supposed to replace him? It's supposed to be Monkey Strap, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you know why? Do you know what your visual cue is as to why it's Monkey Strap replacing him as an audience member? No. And typically in the staging, you have Dude up on the tire, and then second in height on the set is Monkastrap and then Tugger is here because they're both Dute's sons. Yeah. So Monk is the next in command. Yeah, he's the he's the Prince Harry. Yeah. There are things there are things no, in this show. Prince, yeah, William, whichever, William. William, William. Um there are things in the show like I remember the first time I did it, like even having to do with the tales. Like there are things an audience would never pick up on. And like everybody's tales are kind of womp womp hair, but Mistopheles and Cassandra have braided tails and their tails are braided because they are purebred and they have magical powers. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think I knew that one. I There's all kinds rumors. of, I mean, the, I, the one, the one that really surprised me because I just didn't know much about the twins, but uh-huh. the twins are telepathic and they, um, they have, they, they will sense stuff before it happens. So if you watch them, if somebody comes out, they'll turn to that part of the stage before mm-hmm. it happens. And that's like wild to me. Yeah. Cassandra also has psychic powers. Um, but we never did it with the twins. We never had yeah. the twins. In the, the twins show. are an easy cut when you're yeah. light on cast. Um, and so I like that. I didn't know about the tails. I knew about the collars. That's the other one is the collars yeah. are the ones that have homes potentially or owners. Yeah. Which is like the, um, I forget. There's, there's five, I think with collars, but. Yeah. Tails. That's a new one. I, I got to see if tails. that's on the, if that's even on the the crazy fan site. That might I be. Haven't, I haven't even looked to see if that's that, on there. That might need to get add on um, added on there. And I think that I mean that was something that was again because my director choreographer like she played Cassandra, so she mm-hmm. was very aware of this. But the the last time I performed in Cats, I designed the makeup and helped with the wigs, and then after that, I also did another production where I just designed makeup. Um, but yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, cats, man. Well, I'm sure we could talk for five more hours on it. But um, how can people stay in touch with what you're doing now? And maybe even I don't know if you post. You should post some of these old clips. I'm sure you have somewhere hanging out from from the 2000s in Ohio. I have I have an Ohio DVD. I have um, the West Virginia Public where I did it with Mamie. Um, I also have the one I wish I had photos of though was Virginia music theater because this one, there were um, two, maybe three kids from the governor's school of the arts in Virginia that were in the company. And it was Adrian Warren and Grant Gustin 
who's the Flash. Wow. So like they were 16 years old doing the show with us. And like <laughs> I had to teach them the show. And like they're both incredible. Um, and but now it's like you look at that and it's like I knew from the beginning, like Adrian is a star, yeah. you know. Uh, but it's been really fun to like watch their like career trajectory and like a few other people that I did the show with. But I wish I wish I had the Virginia Music Theater production. Well, like something, something hopefully, hopefully you can post some stuff here and, and show oh, yeah. the world the, the early regional version. The King, that, that person at King's Island is going to be thrilled. You know, you know what I might admit here for the first time publicly? I Some of my friends know this. Um, and like whenever I do a show, I tell people in the cast. But are you aware on YouTube there's a clip called Mr. Messed Off? I am very aware. Do you know him? Because I've been I have been working hard to get in touch with him. I'm the one who put that on YouTube. You are the one who put it on YouTube. I was not in that production, but I do have that entire production on DVD. Um, I have, I, it is something. Um, I know who that is because he was an emergency um, cast member in Ohio. So he, he was basically also a, like a dance. So I, I don't want to. I don't want to out all the stuff because I did. I've sure. figured out which theater it was as well, and I uh -huh. figured and I reached out to them and they did not respond to me, um, asking for the cast list and all this stuff. Um, and I, I was told what I was told from my research of this was that this person is knew the like knew the choreography, knew the dance, but wasn't actually in the show. And it was a very emergency day where somebody like either went out midway through the show or like it was a very last second yeah and it was like i'm not really capable of doing it but i know the number and so i can at least go out there and not yeah. and, and get through it but he owned it like that, he went out the there thing. like i'm like, never you just went I for never it completely mock someone's talent but what i will say is he had a video of our production in ohio he choreographed that production and wow. so or the production that this clip is from on YouTube. He choreographed that show. Um, so good for him for going in. Like, I will never mock anything. Is it hysterical? Absolutely, yes. But when things like that happen, you have to embrace the absurdity of it, you know? I, I hope that he's like, I don't feel like anyone's making fun of him because I no. feel like he knew, like, I can't do any of it. So it's like, it's, I can't I criticize. I couldn't either. I can't criticize any of these people. I can't, I can't dance or sing or do like even sniff these, these, uh, these dance numbers. And so I love that he went out there and just was like, this is what you're going to get. Yeah. Cause I'm still the best choice right now. That I mean, we that have. is exactly how I would feel if somebody had the clip of when I had to do Mr. Mistopheles Tugger Shanks. Yeah. Like, if somebody had that and put it online, it'd be like, yeah, own it. I own it. That is me. I messed up. It is hideous. Yeah. Like, great. We love it. Um, I was, I still want to, he's, he is my, he's in my top five people I want to interview. Really? Yes. For the show. So if we, mm. if we might be talking once, once we hang up on this recording yeah. here. Um, okay. So but yeah, that's my fault. I, I <laughs> I, I love it. I it's it was in two thousand I think six or eight. It was early or late two thousands. Um, it was west, is what I'll say. It was west of uh, the theater. Was in the more west coast than it was east coast. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. No, okay. no, no. It was in Jersey. Oh, I've got some different. I I reached out to a different theater. 
No, this was Jersey. Okay. Well, yeah. now we're I, – I had it in a West Coast city. No. So this – just here's some more interesting on this one. So there is um, – there's another cast member in the show who played the role of Brown Cat. And Brown Cat has – Brown Cat is not a role. Brown yeah. Cat, you know, whatever – but my boyfriend at the time was doing a production of Fiddler in Hilton Head. And he called me and he's like, Jamie, when you come visit, we have a DVD. I have to show you Brown, that this, this girl is in this production, this weird production of Cats a friend of mine has on DVD. So when I went down to go visit Paul, I was watching it and I was like, wait a minute. I know this guy. He was in the first production of Cats I did. And then the Mistopheles number happened and everything everything in my body collapsed because I was just like, what is happening? Um, but Brown Cat is Jenny Annie Dots. She did the Jenny Annie Dots track, but they did not do the Gumby number because he didn't know how to set it. So it goes, it goes straight from like, who could it be to Tugger? They cut the entire thing out. Cut. So there's no Jenny Annie Dots. It's just Brown Cat. Okay. But Brown Cat, you know, when he pulls the ribbon out and gets caught in it, yeah. um, she's the one who catches the um, the teacup that he pulls the yeah. scarf out of. That's Brown Cat. Brown Cat. So, and Brown Cat, the girl that plays Brown Cat was famous on YouTube for other reasons we don't need to go into, but that's what we were fascinated about. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I need I clearly at my – the research I found was incorrect. I was – Pointed in a different direction by some other people. Yeah, it's it's it was Phoenix Productions in Jersey. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I uh yeah well, one day that's that that's up there. Um, the other one I really want is I want to talk to a street tugger. The one the the rapping tuggers. Oh yeah. Oh, those are that's my oh. other one. So I'm just putting this out there for the universe. Yeah, of people who might know street tuggers or that might be interested in coming on to talk about the experience of that version of tugger. Well, I do know, cause I'm new to the land of TikTok. One of the guys who did cats in Australia just popped up in my like for you. And he was the rapping like street tugger. It was a street tugger. Yeah. Okay. They kept street tugger in Australia. Yeah, they did. I knew, I knew that, but Which, I, okay. I got some people to reach out to. I'm like, no. And the thing is, he was also white, it, but and they kept like the dreads and braids on him as like street Yeesh. tugger. So it's a little strange, to be honest. It was it was a strange decision from day one. Oh yeah. Uh, but again, forty years worth of the show. You know, you guess you you occasionally throw some yeah, some hail marys out there that that don't work. But mm-hmm. um, okay, how can people stay in touch with you? Um, on Instagram, I'm just the Jamie Grayson. If you, for some reason, have questions about car seats or something, yeah. um, and uh, on Facebook, it's just Jamie Grayson. But you know, I don't. And TikTok, um, Jamie Grayson on TikTok. All Jamie Grayson, easy enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. This was a ton of fun. I loved learning about all these new things I didn't know. You taught me a lot. I feel like you, well, you should be hosting this. I will like when Anne, I mean, I will assume by the time this airs, Anne's will have Anne's aired, will aired like, yes. Anne texted me and she's like, um, do you know this podcast? I was like, yes, I've listened to several episodes, of course. <laughs> and she's like, I think you need to be interviewed because your head is full of garbage. And I was like, yes, then. Because <laughs> again, like I could 
this could be hours of discussion. That's what but, this is here for. Maybe we'll have a, a part two. Someday. We'll have a, we should, we should do a follow up round table with like three or four of us. I would love that. I would absolutely love that to have uh, a, a handful of people that did it in various parts and how yeah. I, I did that get, like, with the, the regional, get a tour cat, like Anne, get Sarah, get like a, a broad spectrum of. Yeah, I did. I did a big, um, an event for with the eight like the tour three so the 80s cast okay and so i've done i've done a couple you know bigger groups so i think we've got we've got a future here we're gonna put this in the work we're gonna put all this out into the world and the the jellicle world will come back to us yeah just like grizz did exactly reborn reborn every every night eight times a week Well, thank you again, and thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.